Welcome to the Dig In Travel Podcast, where travel and other digital professionals level up their marketing skills by listening to the top industry experts. And now here's your host, Istok Franco, founder of DigInTravel.com, your number one resource for travel, digital, e-commerce, and marketing. Hi, everybody. This is Istok, and you're listening to episode 12 of the Dig In Travel Podcast. We recorded this episode just when the COVID-19 situation started to escalate, so I decided to put it on hold for a while. Now, with flights finally starting to resume and AirAsia continuing to disrupt innovation by launching AirAsia Unlimited Pass for unlimited domestic flights, I couldn't be happier to share this episode with you. One of the things I wanted to do when I started with this podcast was to give some of the great people in our Digging Trail community the opportunity and the platform to tell more about their work, to tell more about their challenges. So, to share their own digital experience with you. Well, Ravi Shankar, head of global digital marketing and analytics at AirAsia, is certainly one such person. Ravi is a long-time Digging Trail reader and he shares feedback on our research and content regularly with me. Ravi also posts a lot about his digital work at AirAsia and speaks at different digital conferences and events. And you can just see the passion he has for the digital marketing and analytics in everything he does. So even if I haven't met him personally yet, I can almost call him a friend. Because if you share the same passion, the same interest with a person, it sometimes feels like you almost know that person, right? This talk was a no-brainer to me, something I knew I'll do sooner or later, and I'm really glad we talked with Ravi and he certainly delivered. We talked about all things digital, what they do at AirAsia, how they measure digital marketing, how they organize their team, how they decided what to build in-house, what expertise, what to outsource, how they use data, how they choose which digital channels they will be on, so tons of interesting topics. He also talks about the transformation journey AirAsia is currently on, from selling flights only, to becoming an OTA, to becoming a tech company. He shares his views, how this will change the way his digital marketing team will work in the future. A lot of good stuff, and I really hope you'll enjoy the show. Hi, Ravi, and welcome to the Digging Trail podcast. Uh, thank you, Doc. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's, been, it's been a pleasure. I've been uh, listening to your works, reading your articles, and my honor to be part of this. It's a great content, and, and I'm, I'm really appreciate uh, that you're taking time for me. Thanks, thanks, thanks for this great uh, feedback. So maybe before we start, tell me a little bit more about what you do at AirAsia, because in your title I see digital marketing and analytics, and these are basically two topics that I'm really passionate about, so I'm really curious to hear what you do uh, then in your role uh, at AirAsia. Definitely. Uh, basically, like my title says, I take care of digital marketing for the whole AirAsia group, uh, which is airline and other lines of businesses that we have. Uh, I also take care of the digital marketing parts for the e-commerce uh, line of business we have, like our shop, activities, uh, you know, deals, packages, uh, and our logistic arm like Teleport. Uh, and then our, uh, you know, food and beverages company, Santa. So uh, I'm one internal agency sitting within the AirAsia group, serving all these guys. That's one part of my job. And also uh, I, I take care of uh, commercial analytics and marketing analytics. So I, I'll work with uh, different commercial functions like pricing, root revenue, uh, and sales and distribution and uh, other commercial functions and try to provide them insights to uh, improve uh, their functions. So I look at the commercial data and then try to provide them insights. 
so that's why digital marketing and analytics basically so i also talk to network guys and see if i can help them out with search behavior and see if uh, you know the demand is out there for the routes that are trying to launch so i touch upon all the functions yeah basically that's why it's, yeah that's the title uh-huh no that's very interesting to me what you mentioned because that you connect not only digital marketing and let's say the usual digital marketing analytics like uh, clicks, uh, visits, uh, click-through rates, conversions, things like that. But you also look at uh, general commercial data and routes and revenue management and you talk to them. Because what I see, this is in a lot of cases when I talk to airlines a problem because I see digital marketing is in a silo and has their own goals, which are very visits and campaign driven. And on the other hand, there is a business goal of uh, an airline commercial goals with uh, getting seats to fill load factor. And a lot of time, I don't think there is a great connection between the two. So I I think what you mentioned, it's quite interesting. Can you maybe talk a little bit uh, more about that? Yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, uh, we can actually uh, deep dive into that when I talk about our measurement framework. Uh, but basically, uh, if, if to put you in, put you in a perspective, right? So none of our digital marketing dashboards that we use uh, will have any vanity metrics. Uh, uh, none of our dashboards will have clicks, impressions, or you know any other fancy words like viewability. All the, <laughs> all, all the campaign dashboards that we have is uh, basically the business metrics. How many people? came in, how many people did a flight search, how many people actually booked. So uh, that's how we we manage our team here. It's very close to uh, the commercial functions. Uh, and uh, I mean, coming uh, talking about helping the other functions, uh, if you really think about it, uh, if you like it or not, the digital marketing is the only marketing channel that gives you feedback, right? So no matter how much uh, branding you do in channels offline, which is quite essential as well, uh, you can't get the feedback. You have to struggle to get feedback. You have to do user research. You have to do uh, brand health to actually understand if the campaigns are working. And the feedback that we get from this digital marketing channels is uh, it's, it's not just for improving our campaigns, but also improving our business. So. That's why I make it a point to actually uh, share these insights with other businesses as well. Yeah, and if this feedback is fast and goes fast and or let's say almost on uh, real time, goes to the revenue management, to the pricing people, then I think there is a big opportunity that uh, you can react to the market conditions much faster. Exactly, exactly. Okay. Basically, we have uh, campaigns that are connected to the business metrics and revenue management as well, real time. Yeah. So now that you mentioned before the measurement framework, so I saw in some of your past work that you mentioned this is the most important thing you ever did uh, in your role at AirAsia. Can you tell our audience what is measurement uh, framework that you're talking about and how how, how is it used? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, Basically, when I joined AirAsia, as you can imagine, uh, we are spread across uh, globally. And then in in, in Asia region, we have quite a few markets that we operate in. Uh, And then we have uh, a lot of offices in other regions as well. So uh, one of my tasks was to actually combine the efforts of all digital marketing uh, across all the the countries uh, and then uh, establish one single process and one single measurement framework that is aligned to the business goals. Uh, uh, I figured this is the right thing to do when I joined, uh, because when I joined, I started looking at the numbers. Basically, AirAsia is not really uh, dependent on performance metrics, performance marketing metrics. So less than 1% of the seats sold are coming from the campaigns directly, right? So. Uh, that kind of struck me and see, uh, you know, what is that I can do uh, to make the digital marketing as a function uh, better and help the business. And the first thing that we came up with, uh, me and the, the chief digital officer then back then, uh, was to come up with a measurement framework. 
uh, we call it the digital marketing measurement model. Uh, and uh, the first thing that we did to actually uh, get this measurement framework is uh, we, we had to follow certain rules uh, and uh, we determined to get those rules right before rolling it out. So first thing we want to do is uh, we want to get the management approval uh, to make sure you know uh, the top management is okay with the measurement framework that we have. And then the second thing is uh, we want to get the department's approval, like different functions like growth revenue, different functions like sales and distribution. Uh, so because the measurement framework uh, is measuring uh, the business metrics, not just the digital marketing metrics. So uh, I am measuring some metrics like load factor uh, for my campaigns directly uh, and some people might ask, why aren't you measuring clicks? So I want to get it right with the other departments. That's the second thing that we did. And the third thing that we decided is to, okay, this measurement framework once built, uh, we are building dashboards on top of this measurement framework that should eliminate all the manual reporting that everybody is doing. Uh, and the fourth one is we made sure no vanity metrics are measured in this measurement framework. So that was the, the four principles that we started with this. And then uh, we came up with the measurement framework. Uh, so one example of the measurement framework is for all the tactical campaigns that we do, we don't measure the clicks and impressions, we measure the flight searches. It's flight search or cost for flight search. So, so basically, yes, uh, uh, because in my past, when we did some of the campaigns, like you said, tactical and practice, it was a similar principles that we use. So instead of cost per click, we calculated cost per search. So basically with this, you measure how effective are you at targeting? So how many people you get to do the actual search for your flights, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes. And then we optimize to reduce the cost per flight search. Okay. And uh, we make sure so the, the the tricky part is okay we are measuring flight searches uh we are not measuring the vanity metrics anymore so we're measuring the cost per flight search so how do i link this to the business goals all right so we made sure that all the flight search data for a particular campaign or a route is being funneled to the route revenue team uh, in real time and then uh, if they see the conversion rates are uh, not as usual uh, for this campaign uh, then they go back and check the pricing because the reason we look for flight search is after someone does a flight search, what they, what they see is the price, the connectivity, uh, and then uh, the departure times and stuff, right? So that's enough for the users to make a decision. Uh, but I, as a campaign, I can't actually uh, pursue user to go beyond that. It's not completely marketing's responsibility. So we made sure these data is going to the root of a new team and then they adjust the pricing or uh, the other factors to make sure the conversion rate is up. Yeah, but this is exactly what I was talking before. I think uh, if you, this is what we often teach airlines that you need to combine the search, let's say e-commerce uh, uh, campaign data with the revenue management. And uh, here I think there are siloses, but I think in your case, it's great to see how they work together because, for example, if you provide them, okay, we generated a lot of demand, a lot of flight searches, and on the other hand, the conversion is low, then it means it's a good information for the revenue management, I assume, to check the prices, to check the, 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 the fair availability. And on the other hand, and if you see flights where there is not a lot of searches, so it's low demand, but there is good conversion, it's probably a feedback to you okay, we, we can increase the demand, we can do more, more campaigns. Does it work like that or I'm wrong? Exactly, that's, that's exactly how it works. Uh, uh, the, in this case, for this particular set of campaigns, so the framework changes for the types of campaigns we do. For this particular set of campaigns, we are, both teams are looking at the same data, right? So it's just the one measurement framework for the revenue management team and the campaign management team. So they are all aligned to that one business goal. So that's how it was exactly like you said. Okay, so measurement framework in a nutshell is something, it's like a, it's a concept, a model, how you measure these campaigns. And basically 
it's something that you can create on a piece of paper or an Excel sheet, and then uh, it's there. But what I see a lot of times with frameworks is the implementation. It's the more the more tricky part. Yes. I think, uh, yeah, tell me a little bit about that, because if I'm not mistaken, once we talked priorly about that, you said it took you, if I'm not mistaken, one day to create it, but one year to implement it. Is it this right? Of course, yes, exactly. So we came up with it uh, quite fast, and then 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 that's when the journey started, right? So uh, le- when I talk about what one set of campaigns, we are uh, dealing with root revenue. For a different type of campaign, we might be dealing with branding. Different type of campaign, we might be dealing with network, right? So we might run some campaigns to test uh, the demand on uh, to decide on a route, right? So. Uh, Coming up with measurement framework, we did it in one day, but, you know, like, like I said, to follow all the principles, you know, getting the approval from the top management, uh, that was quite easy given given the, uh, you know, the culture that Tony Fernandez built. Uh, and also talking to the rest of the teams uh, centrally was quite a challenge because if you think about it, uh, one, uh, uh, we have been doing this uh, digital marketing for quite some years in AirAsia. And then uh, we and people are used to what they measure, and then uh, we are asking them to change that, uh, which took a while. Uh, and the, also the challenge is it's not just one country that we operate in, and uh, uh, we have several markets. So uh, and I had to go personally uh, on a roadshow, you know, explain everyone, convince that particular markets to change how they measure. So. It took me uh, almost one year uh, to make sure everybody is on the same page and it is functionally working and everybody's looking at the same metrics and they are using that metrics to uh, measure the business uh, using their functions, right? So that's when uh, me talking about the commercial analytics naturally happened. So yeah, it's quite a journey. I mean, I'd love to do it again. And uh, of course, we are planning to do it again because as we change our business model and move to airasia.com, uh, the airline measurement framework might change again. Yeah. Yeah, I think all frameworks are like ongoing. So you need to re- reevaluate them, update them based on the new things that you do or new organization or even new business goals. Um, one thing that you talked a little bit about is, okay, it's not easy to implement, uh, let's say, a new measurement framework or a digital marketing strategy in a large organization like, like AirAsia that is that has uh, units and teams in different uh, countries in different locations. Um, with your measurement framework, when you did that, so when you did the roadshow and go uh, around visiting the team uh, to explain, was, uh, was your team large as it is now already because I saw that you insourced uh, a lot of digital marketing or this was before uh, you started uh, with the insourced uh, digital marketing team? Oh, that's, <laughs> thanks for the question. I know uh, that was quite tough back then because uh, the team that is right now, which is the basically the in-house digital marketing team uh, was not existing back then. We, that was in the process of me trying to build a team. Uh, so, uh, I had to travel quite a bit to, uh, educate, uh, the local markets with the limited digital marketing, uh, team members that I have. Uh, but, uh, now, uh, like I said, uh, it took me about two years to actually build the whole digital marketing team as it is right now, uh, from scratch. Uh, I mean, uh, not from scratch. I have like eight or eight or 10 people. Now the team size is about 60. So uh, the, com- the frame coming up with the framework and building the team was done parallelly. Uh, I mean, it would have been a lot easier if we have an existing team. Uh, so it's easy for that particular team in, in a particular location to explain to the stakeholders. Uh, uh, so maybe this time when we come up with a new measurement framework, uh, it might uh, not take one year uh, to, you know, uh, change into that so yeah that is how i see it um yeah with the let's say in source team 
even if you went, like you said, from eight to or eight to ten to sixty people that you are now, with your scale, that's still not a huge amount of people. So, how maybe how do you look at in digital marketing and analytics? How do you look at what you build inside in in house? What kind of digital marketing expertise you build inside in house? and what you still outsource, what expertise you find on the market through agencies and other expertise. How do you look at that? Okay, that's a good question. So uh, we took a really conscious decision uh, of bringing this whole digital marketing piece and analytics piece in-house because we saw that uh, the line between uh, the digital marketing and the data is blurring and it's not always uh, uh, in, a, in a good scenario where you are seeking external help and passing your data to them because you know if you're asking an agency to run your campaigns without passing them the data then uh, that's not an ideal scenario so that's when our journey started where we have decided that we have to build the whole in-house team so now uh, for anything that has to do with the paid digital marketing uh, or or and uh, we don't uh, employ any external agencies. Uh, the only uh, area might be influencers. Uh, that's when we when we want to use influencers, we might try and find an aggregator. But as of this moment, uh, we don't find any external agencies for any type of digital marketing. Interesting. Uh, so, and especially the point when you say the data and we don't want to pass the data because this is again when i see a lot of challenges when working in doing digital marketing campaigns with agencies because uh, prices uh, load factors and things like that changes so rapidly that once it comes from your internal team to the agency team it may be too late and the campaigns are not relevant or not uh, right uh, anymore is this part of the reason why you also did it like that Yes, that's the that's the exact reason, right? So identifying a business problem and acting upon it uh, is very crucial in an airline industry because your flight is taking off every other hour, right? So uh, we we want to reduce the the go to market time uh, and you know use our data fully. So that's that's why we want to bring everything in house. And, and in house, uh, you also. Uh using some uh, some of your other data not only let's say classical digital data but the data from the data management platforms i saw that uh, i think if i'm not mistaken with google you did uh, some cases of automated campaign where this inventory revenue management seat availability prices load factor data was used to have like a live feed for your uh, display and search campaigns that's exactly so uh, correct so we created a, a campaign uh, and we call it the inventory management campaign uh, where our search campaigns and some of the display campaigns are powered by uh, uh, the business metrics. Uh, so we used to manually uh, you know, pause the campaigns or make the campaigns live based on the load factor. Uh, and you know, uh, and you know, oftentimes, uh, like I said, when we identify the business problem, it took us some time to act upon it uh, when, especially when we are working with agencies before. Uh, since we moved everything in-house, we've decided, okay, there is no friction. Uh, uh, even the manual friction that we create uh, is, is needed. So uh, what we did is we created a feed uh, of all the required business metrics uh, that, uh, that can take a decision on running a campaign or no. Uh, and fed that into a campaign template, uh, and uh, using you know using Google search tools, uh, that uh, in real time the campaign is created whenever a particular route's road factor is low or profitability is low or demand is low, and then the campaigns get turned on automatically without uh, any single person taking a decision. So. Uh, it's it's a huge collaboration between multiple departments, like you know data department, product department, you know, pricing department, as as digital marketing and our partners with Google. So that was a combined effort and a huge success, uh, which 
uh, is turning out uh, giving good results and you know saving us quite a lot of time uh, so th th that's that's the one of the biggest achievements the team came up with so in terms of success you mean that can you explain just a little bit more how my, uh, how this new automated uh, campaigns with uh, live data they were more successful than the previous one if i'm not mistaken Yes, uh, it's it's more successful uh, in terms of business metrics. Uh, if you think about it, the the CTRs, the clicks really wouldn't change because what the end user is seeing is pretty much the same thing. So, but what we are showing the end user is what business wants. So, uh, we are showing routes uh, that are in need uh, of demand, uh, and uh, that's directly contributing to the the bottom line. And uh, at the same time, uh, the users are uh, seeing more relevant and tailored information because we use these automated campaigns. So we don't want to do it manually. So we see uh, savings in terms of cost where, you know, uh, we are not running campaigns for specific routes where we don't need it. We are seeing uh, savings in terms of uh, uh, man time spent. Uh, when setting up campaigns manually and you know, optimizing them manually. And uh, we saw a huge success in uh, the ROI, uh, what we call a CRR, uh, because you know uh, uh, these routes are definitely in need. And then uh, before, uh, before this, we had to do a massive campaign across different channels to uh, you know, promote this route. Now, we don't even have to take that decision and you know discuss and you know, come up with a brief on ideation and stuff so by the time the business problem is uh, happening there is a solution that's already in process and running so that is a huge time save efficiency cost efficiency for the whole team and you know good for the business as well right um, one last thing maybe about the measurement framework did you incorporate or is it part of the framework also the, the type of the attribution modeling that you use because what i see with airlines and other companies that a lot still use like plain less click attribution models and then they're like optimizing what you said or what you call the vanity metrics so they are very very simple view at looking at the digital campaigns but we have a challenge of uh, uh, different channels uh, in the digital marketing, how you look attribution across these channels. And also, I think one huge challenge that we face is omni-channel. So how we connect uh, user behavior across different devices, so from mobile to desktop. Uh, did, you, did you work on your attribution model as well? Oh, yeah. So I can briefly talk about the attribution modeling and stuff because you know uh the only attribution that we focus uh is basically device level attribution because you know uh, we want to make sure uh the cross device metrics are accurate uh and all that data is all that attribution model is done in the backend it's not like we use fancy tools for attribution uh and we also make sure the conversions that we are talking about are not the conversions that uh, are coming from a pixel data. So all our digital marketing campaigns data are tied to our booking engine. Uh, so when I say a conversion, it's actually a user who booked. And if someone cancels it, the conversions is rolled back to zero. So uh, for that, we need a very accurate device attribution, which is done in the backend. Uh, but coming to a a channel attribution uh, we consciously took a decision that we wouldn't uh, try to chase for a perfect attribution model uh, because you know in in it, it might be a quite a bit of a controversy because you know i don't really believe that there is a attribution model that exists uh, which is 100 percent accurate and gives you impression level attribution data across all different channels uh, and all we are trying to do is trying to get to a, a, an accurate number as possible. So what we decided is, okay, let's, let's not go there. 
let's not uh, really uh, spend uh, money and resources in trying to get that number more accurate. Instead, what we know from our basic data analysis is how much a user uh, takes time uh, to actually take a decision for a particular route. So for every particular route, we kind of know uh, what's the first touch point the user will have and how many days uh, it takes for them to actually take that decision and fly. Because if you really think about it, digital marketing for airline is not like digital marketing for e-commerce because there is, uh, there is impulsive buy in e-commerce because there's no friction. And here, uh, when you see a, a really good price for a route, uh, I mean, let's say it's free for a particular destination, you still have to talk to your partner or you know, girlfriend or you have, still have to talk to your boss for leave and all the other things and look for a hotel. So it's not going to be impulsive buy after they click on an ad. So they do their research and they again come back directly and book. So keeping that in mind, we consciously took a decision on uh, not perfecting this particular attribution model and also spending a lot of money in buying a new attribution tool. So what our attribution we do is in our backend and then we kind of sort of know uh, how much uh, ROI we need to attribute for a campaign. Okay, so like you said, in the, this particular time that you say is a booking window, you try to see how much you spent or how much you're invested uh, into digital advertising, and then you try to attribute that to the end conversion. Exactly, exactly. Okay. And it's all done in the back end uh, with, with no specific tools. Um, okay, one other thing when it comes to not maybe attribution to uh, or attribution modeling, but is different channels, different marketing channels. I think for me personally, as a digital marketer, is quite a challenging to follow all these new channels. So we started all we started with Google, with Google search, paid search, SEO, then Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Pinterest. Then we had Snapchat, TikTok, all these platforms. I'm not even sure I know all the let's say social media or new digital platforms that are there in Asia. How do you look at? where to go, how to choose, because complexity and being present on all channels can be quite an overkill. Um, so how do you look at that challenge? Oh, I mean, that's a very interesting question. Uh, if you if you think about it, uh, Southeast Asia region is quite diverse, right? So, uh, and then even the regions that we operate in, especially for China, we are talking about two different ecosystems. So uh, localizing the digital marketing channels was always quite a challenge. So, and we look at it at a very country perspective. We don't decide, uh, okay, we are going to do a blanket channel approach for any campaign. So we do one, we do it by country. And uh, number two, it, we go back to the measurement framework and where it's clearly defined on what channels are we using for what type of campaign? Is it an awareness-based campaign? Is it a a results driven campaign or is it a, a remarketing campaign and uh, we in the framework and we keep perfecting it uh, uh, to make sure okay the type of the campaign these are the channels to activate it uh, so and then we keep feeding that uh, feedback to the measurement framework so that we know uh, what are the channels to activate to uh, for example in Thailand line is very big uh, and the neighboring country, Malaysia, line is not so big. So we constantly take feedback from the local markets uh, and also keep perfecting the measurement framework. That's how we look at uh, the new channels and new engagement. How difficult is this approach to do with your, let's say, in-source digital marketing uh, model? Because then it means you also need at least some basic expertise on all these platforms to understand how advertising works, how to measure them, what's how to optimize them? Yes, that's a really good question. Uh, basically, what I believe is uh, optimization uh, is done as a data, it's a data analysis skill. Uh, the data is coming from different platforms and it's still the same. You're trying to optimize the costs and you know improve the efficiency. So. Uh, setting up campaigns and new channels might be a, a, a learning curve initially, but uh, end of the day, uh, uh, you can pick it up in a, in, a, in a day or two. 
because it's just platform specific, right? So, and again, there are platforms where they don't offer these uh, uh, self-serve uh, interfaces where you have to depend on that platform to actually do it for you. And then we keep uh, optimizing based on whatever the data that we can get. Uh, specifically, to answer your question, it was a, never a challenge in terms of onboarding new channels within the within the online marketing team that we have in-house. Yeah, and here is probably where your measurement uh, framework helps. So because if you have a strong framework, yes. you can then measure similar things, uh, similar things or same things in the same way. So I think it's also a good way to evaluate the different channels and how effective they are for your uh, for your activities. Of course, if you compare apples to apples, like you said, you compare performance campaigns or branding campaigns or awareness campaigns on different channels uh, between themselves. Exactly. End of the day, all we're looking at is business metrics. So we can easily decide if this particular channel is uh, giving any effectiveness to the business. And then we take the call. Okay, we'll take a short break. And after the break, we'll continue our talk with Ravi and we'll try to talk a little bit more outside of digital advertising or digital marketing, more strategically where AirAsia is going and where specifically AirAsia.com is going. This podcast is supported by Pros. Are you looking to optimize revenues across revenue management, retail and distribution? With more than 30 years of experience and a legacy in the airline industry, Pros provides AI-powered solutions that optimize selling in the digital economy. Pros customers, who are leaders in their markets, benefit from decades of data science expertise infused into our industry solutions. If you like this podcast, check out Pros Podcast, The View from 30,000 Feet, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Pros website. Or visit the Resource Center at pros.com to access our special COVID-19 edition webinars and blog posts. We are back with Ravi, uh, Head of uh, Digital Marketing and Analytics at AirAsia. So Ravi, we talked a lot about uh, digital marketing, your measurement framework, and analytics, how you evaluate campaigns. But I think even more challenging part of our jobs is not to execute the campaigns and to measure, but to figure out where the world, the digital world is going and how to adopt our business models. And I see AirAsia is quite innovative at that. And uh, your CEO has a lot of ideas of how AirAsia is evolving and specifically AirAsia.com. Can you maybe talk a little bit more about that, uh, where, where both uh, of these uh, are going? Definitely, definitely. Uh so like you said, uh, our, our CEO, Mr. Tony Fernandez, uh, is always innovative and is always trying to push the boundaries, right? So uh, what we are doing as a, as a business right now is uh, we are trying to be a travel tech company uh, in, the, in the region. Uh, we are trying to reduce the dependency of airline for the entire, for the entire group. Uh, so uh, what we... Uh, Moving towards is uh, airasia.com, which will itself be a different company. Uh, it acts like a OTA and the lifestyle app, uh, where we serve other airlines in our, uh, in fact, we already do. Uh, we serve other airlines in our uh, website. Uh, uh, we sell hotels, we sell activities, uh, we sell the daily deals, uh, and then we have an e-commerce uh, called Our Shop. Uh, and then we have logistics and you know food and beverages businesses. So we, what we are being is a travel tech lifestyle app, uh, and uh, that requires a quite a bit of a transformation across the entire business to move into that business model. So we are not uh, uh, basically an airline anymore. We are a, a travel tech company, and that's quite exciting uh, at, at this point in time. Yeah, I, certainly. Well, what you said, okay, we are not selling other uh, only on flights, but also other airline flights, which is interesting, like moving to the OTA model. But no, not, not only that, moving into lifestyle, moving into activities, events, 
uh, having uh, special deals. This, I think, it's it's very interesting because one challenge that I see generally with all travel and specifically airlines is we we have quite a low frequency uh, compared to the typical retail or e-commerce. So if you expand on your portfolio, you can be more relevant. And as a digital marketing with content and all other activities like email and social, it helps you to stay on top of customers' mind to be more relevant. Uh, how do you look at uh, this challenge or how you look at this uh, the, the, the whole concept of expanding and uh, being uh, increasing frequency for your uh, for your audience oh, that's uh, that's where we are actually going right so on top of the channels that we mentioned uh, or the lines of businesses that i mentioned uh, we are also we also have a new uh, company called format asia uh, where we are trying to produce uh, content, travel-related and other lifestyle-related content across uh, ASEAN. So, uh, having said that, uh, the the, cha- the the challenge is evolving into uh, 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 OTA uh, from a, from an airline-based digital marketing team, uh, which uh, the team and we are completely excited about uh, because you know. Uh, we, we always uh, try to do more uh, for the airline. And then uh, that was actually uh, recognized by uh, Boston Consulting Group when they did a survey on digital marketing maturity. And then we are rated as one of the top uh, team, digital marketing team in the region, which is a huge validation for us. So next challenge is actually, how do we become a team uh, for an OTA? So. What we are trying to do is we are transforming ourselves from a, a digital marketing team to a growth team. Uh, when I say a growth team, uh, it's a cross-functional team uh, across different uh, different functions, wherein there is data and there is product team and there's digital marketing team. And uh, we are joining forces and we're calling it a growth team. And the framework will change quite a bit for this growth team and it revolves around three pillars where the three pillars are uh, increasing the customer lifetime value, uh, getting new customers on board and also increasing the activity frequency or engagement of the users. So, and then uh, without revealing too much on the measurement framework, these are the three pillars that we follow as a growth team. Uh, so, uh, to answer your question, in short, we are transforming ourselves from a digital marketing team to growth team and chasing these specific KPIs that helps the business, which now the business is an OTA or a lifestyle travel tech company. It sounds very exciting. I think uh, it's uh, really, uh, like you said, expanding from the current airline model or promoting airline sites or doing airline digital marketing to through growth team where you will sell other things. Uh, and I think the things that uh, you mentioned before, adding all these different products and services definitely uh, is can help in getting more frequency, more engagement, uh, customer lifetime value, like you mentioned. Yes. But on the other hand, it also makes you learn new things, uh, how to sell new, uh, how to sell new products, how to, engage in a different way and how, how to do different content. So this part, I think it's the exciting part. Most definitely. Yes. Looking forward. Yeah. So maybe to end, uh, and I think it fits well with the last thing that, uh, that we talked about, uh, you personally, if I'm not mistaken, you started your digital marketing, uh, uh, let's say career by building your own website and, uh, you started doing, uh, trying to figure out how to promote it, how to do SEO. And what I see is this really helps to be a really good, I'm, I'm not just a tactical digital market uh, marketeer, but also to be a good digital marketing, uh, marketing leader. Because if you don't know how to build a business from scratch, how these different campaigns work, if you haven't ever written, uh, did any copywriting or... Uh, website, uh, UX and design, I think it's a little bit difficult to really understand what's going on. 
So maybe just tell me how do you look at this? Uh, how did this hands-on marketing work that you did with your own uh, website and business? How did it help your work now at AirAsia? Oh, definitely. That's that's quite a personal question, right? So I'd love to talk about it. Uh, basically, I started my digital marketing career about 12 years ago. I mean, if you look at any digital marketers with 10, more than 10 years of experience, you find most of them uh, transforming themselves from a marketing person to a digital marketing person. But uh, for me, it's uh, in my case, it's, it's the other way around. I'm completely native digital marketing. And uh, this all started when I built my own website uh, and uh, I was trying to figure out, okay, what's next? And, uh, uh, and then I started searching about, uh, you know, SEO, uh, uh, you know, adverts uh, back then. And then I tried to set up campaigns myself, uh, trying to write copy, trying to design ads, uh, write content. So uh, the hands-on experience that I have is, is what uh, made me, you know, build uh, an in-house team. Uh, because, you know, if you really think about it, uh, I know every detail of every function in the digital marketing from SEO to web analytics to a programmatic uh, trading desk that I set up. So it's easy for me to, uh, you know, completely come up with a process, with a training program, uh, with a specific set of KPIs for individuals to actually flourish in that. So uh, I don't think I would have been able to do it without the hands-on experience that I have in this ecosystem. And it also uh, really helped me to uh, come up with a, with a team uh, of in-house where we consciously decided that we'll have uh, a particular specialist and generalist mix so we have people who are very specialist in a particular uh, function like programmatic or web analytics uh, who are really uh, awesome with their skills and, you know, uh, very hands-on with the platforms. And we quite have the generalist who knows everything about, a little bit about everything and their focus is more on the business. So the generalist will try to actually uh, make sure whatever the specialists are doing is aligned with the business uh, business objectives. So going back to yeah. the question, without that hands-on, uh, I don't think I'll be able to come up with, with this awesome team that we have. Oh, I think this, uh, what you said last, combination of generalist and specialist is very interesting. And having a people with a broad knowledge, there is a term out there like a T-shaped marketer that has a very broad knowledge to connect everything, to connect and make sure that specialists are doing what adds value to the business so not to get lost in the vanity metrics. But uh, like you explained with your measure, um, measurement framework, so make sure that they are aligned to the business goals and contribute to the business goals. I think uh, this is very important. And also, I, I think I heard Tony talk in the past about your organization, AirAsia organization, that's quite lean. So I think for you as a leader to have a knowledge and understand uh, and be able to talk about also practical things to your uh, to your team members, I think that really adds value because uh, then they see that you understand their work. Exactly, exactly. I mean, uh, I actually uh, uh, came across the term team actor from your content. <laughs> good, good that somebody is paying attention to to our white papers and our content. <laughs> really glad to hear that. So maybe to to end uh, on a yeah maybe a little bit more loose uh, note. Uh, you said okay, partially I see you learn about digital marketing from the digging trail content. What are other ways? This is something that I'm always curious about to hear. Uh, what are other ways? that you uh, do to learn to stay on top of the digital game? Uh, I mean, I mean, before before going anywhere, it's uh, the, the content uh, that you produce, I actually actively pass it to the team uh, to act uh, for them to, you know, improve themselves. That's a huge help. And the generalist I was talking about was inspired about uh, your experimentation. So what we did is a placebo test of cancer <laughs> where we 
where we run uh, campaigns with a specific creative and a specific message and the other 50% will see nothing but Aerasia logo to actually see the effectiveness of our creative. So thank you for, for the valuable <laughs> content. It's uh, great to hear. And uh, that placebo test uh, inspired us to do a lot of things, uh, by the way. And uh, the other sources of learning is uh, actually uh, we have this weekly or monthly meetings where the specialists talk about uh, the innovations, the new things that they tried, uh, the updates that are coming up with uh, uh, within their specific area to the, to the rest of the teams. Uh, this happens most virtually uh, because we are spread across different countries. And uh, we have a set of journalists and specialists in our China team as well because, you know, that's a different whole, whole different ecosystem apart from Google and Facebook. Uh, and I would say uh, the most uh, important channel to learn digital marketing is uh, within the team and, you know, make sure the knowledge is spread across uh, the different uh, uh, the different members and encourage them to collaborate. Just for example, we have a group called, you know, uh, Pastebin, where everybody pastes their interesting articles that they read uh, and then everybody rates it at the end of the week or month, we see which one is more curious and we kind of reward them. So that's the culture and, and the peer-to-peer -peer sharing is the most important channel for learning for digital marketing, I would say, apart from anything else. Thank you. Thank you for this uh, great uh, example yeah, of knowledge sharing and uh, learning. And I think continuous learning, in, especially in the digital world, is something that we all have to do uh, to to improve and continue growing. So thanks again, thank Ravi for this uh, great talk, great uh, interview. I think a lot of uh, great insights for the Digging Trail audience to digest, to think about, and uh, wish you all the best in the future with all of your uh, digital activities and the transformation to from digital to growth team. Thank you, Ezra. Thank you for all the great content that you put, put out there and thank you for having me on this podcast. This podcast is brought to you by digintravel.com. Digintravel is your number one resource when it comes to airline and travel digital marketing and e-commerce. Visit digintravel.com to find the latest digital trends and white papers with in-depth airline digital benchmarks.